feel anchor dropping. There's like something else on Mike. It's gonna be like something else when you get home, huh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Flatland. Yeah, a little different out here. Where are we at right now, boys? Kodiak Island, baby. Kodiak, Alaska. We're out of beer. Yeah, yeah but Cody's not out of vodka though, yeah. so yeah. A little electric Gatorade. <laughs> hey guys, heads up, she might get a little a little sloppy, but shouldn't be too bad. She might or try to try and miss all the big ones up there, Johnny. Okay. Yeah. Look Watch out for the tree logs, Johnny. You'll be. You gotta go to work. It's all good. Uh oh. to the RNA Outdoors podcast fueled by Ripcord Arrowrest and First Light Hunting Apparel. At RNA, we are public land DIY conservationists that love to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we interview professionals in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. listeners, subscribers, and fellow outdoorsmen and women. This is your host, Lucas Paw, and I'm excited to tell you about some of the sponsors that continue to help make this podcast not only happen, but grow and thrive in this digital world of audio content. This podcast is brought to you by Ripcord Arrowrest, the bow hunter's number one fallaway rest on the market. Ripcord is known for 100% full-time arrow containment and their patented drop-dead brake system that eliminates launcher bounce back. Best of all, Ripcord is backed by their rock-solid guarantee. If the original owner has a part break for any reason, it will be repaired or replaced at no charge. And did I mention, Ripcord is located in southwest Montana, where all their products are made with pride in America. Check them out at ripcordrs.com and on their social media feeds. This podcast is brought to you by First Light Clothing and Hunting Apparel. Born in the Rockies in central Idaho, First Light's mission is to create simple yet proven versatile gear that provides comfort and performance in any situation while working to promote the pursuit of ethical hunting and stewardship. I recently joined the First Light Pro staff team and have continued to be impressed year after year in their innovations in engineering and merino wool fabrics. Ten years ago, they started putting out wool fabrics with camel patterns, and immediately this changed the game. Since then, they offer multiple layering systems and kits in various proprietary patterns and continue to raise the bar with their competition. Find them online at firstlight.com or under their social media feeds. Go farther, stay longer. All right, coming to you from Kodiak Island, Alaska. This is the RNA Outdoors podcast, and we are sitting here on the Ninilchik, Ninilchik, Ninilchik yes. charter boat, where we have spent um, the last six days chasing Sitka blacktail deer, catching some halibut, and hanging out um, with a couple really cool guys here on the boat. We're all gonna kind of do a little introduction, but. Before we do that, um, it's pretty awesome being on Kodiak Island. This is a place that I know, since I've been a kid, I've always wanted to go to Kodiak Island and just experience the island for what it is, whether it was hunting or fishing or just to see the island itself. But um, something else synonymous with Kodiak Island is Kodiak brown bears. 
and uh, didn't have a shortage of brown bears on this trip. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that today. So anyway, um, I want to welcome you all to the show. We're going to just do a round robin. Everyone just kind of give a quick bio, tell us who you are, what you are, and, and uh, anything else interesting about you. Mike, you want to you wanna kick this thing off? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Mike Cintron from uh, South Florida, and uh, this has been a dream trip. And uh, just been having a blast out here, as you mentioned, uh, shooting blacktail, uh, fox. We got some ducks, and um, just a, a great, great, great time. Yeah, you kind of outside of the box. You you took more than just deer on this trip. Oh yeah. <coughs> yep. You kind of got the full Alaska experience. I sure did. I got some some good things to hang on the wall. Yeah. Good memories. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Got to clear the throat here. So, Harley Pa, rookie podcaster, straight from Missoula, Montana. I uh, guess I recorded the uh, biggest buck on Kodiak Island, 4x4. Four four. Oh, here he goes. That's <laughs> just going to go out here. Just going to go right for the heart. Wait, wait till just next gonna, year, it'll be a 5x6. He's going to nail it. We were stroking his ego a little bit while you guys were off the boat. I'm sure, yeah. sure you were. Caught a few halibut. Trying to shoot a fox. That's about it. This has been a great trip with the three other great guys and two boat generals. I've had a blast. This has just been... How big was that halibut? The halibut? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't very big. <laughs> Not as big as my butt, though. <laughs> Let's focus on that. <laughs> Pass it to my wingman here, Cody. <laughs> All right, uh, this is Cody Gilgi. I'm uh, I'm coming out of Montana up here with my good buddy Luke and Har, and um, yeah, just fulfilling the dreams like Luke was saying. Just ever since I was a kid, read stories about great guys up here doing amazing hunts and Kodiak and places like this, and you just think, what's it, what would it be like to be there? What you know, and finally be there and be doing it. It's really something. It's quite the island. It's sometimes i guess when you think of an island you think of some of a small area i guess a lot of times but this is it's anything but that it's yeah it's big, con- big country big country we're, we're used to the rocky mountains this is different than the rocky mountains yeah very much so yeah straight up and down cool and then last but not least yeah so uh, my name is brandon from eagle river alaska uh been working for nanelchik charters for going on three years now uh, run a six-pack Six-person fishing vessel out in Ninilchik, Deep Creek, Homer, Alaska in the uh, summer. And uh, this is my third year here uh, in uh, Kodiak. You're just the cook, though, right? That's, that's it, just the cook. You don't do anything else. S- skiff, little skiff driving now yeah. again. <laughs> a damn good cook. And just uh, if there's any ladies listening, he's got a plug for them. Yeah, so we do provide marital advice on this podcast. So uh, anyone mid-20s, blonde, looking for a pretty swinging sexy guy who does pull-ups on the back of a boat we'll, we'll get you we'll get you brandon's phone number later at the yep. end of the podcast so that's it dishes clean house nice and tidy when you get home that's right <laughs> so we uh we all showed up here and uh we actually got here on uh what day did we get here it's been a week of saturdays so uh, we got here on Saturday and flew Saturday. in on Saturday. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we dropped into, uh, of course, Anchorage. We met up with um, the rest of the group, a lot of the group, and then we came into the city of Kodiak um, where we dropped in for the night, had dinner, grabbed our licenses, uh, and uh, kind of met the rest of the group. We're actually here with Austin Atkinson, who runs a uh, kind of a, a group of 10 out of uh cedar city which is hunting fool and got a little invite to do that this year and of course i've met a lot of really neat people on this trip knew a few on the trip already uh, but um yeah so we made connections there and then uh sunday morning we uh we got to island air and got on our our little wasn't a float plane it was probably like a 10 person 10 person um you know a little little prop plane and flew us over the island pretty sweet little flight we were able to see some mountain goats and see all kinds of different critters flying in and then we dropped into larson bay where the uh mayor 
and uh, his cousin and his four other brothers that had flatbed trucks came and picked us up. It was pretty cool. Almost pretty much anyone that I think had a flatbed truck, and I'm not talking about Brandon because Brandon's got a flatbed truck too, he said. Dooley, right? No, no, no. I just work truck during the oh, summer. Work truck. I'm a Chevy guy. Oh, LS, baby. LS. Okay. Gotcha. Good man. So, uh, yeah, so we got off the plane there and got loaded up and got on the boat, and uh, we started heading out. And uh, it was pretty incredible just to be on the boat and thinking about, you know, going out, hunting blacktails, trying to catch some halibut. You know, that's always kind of a, uh, you know, a dream we all have is catching Alaskan halibut, right? And there wasn't much short of that. We actually uh, came out to uh, one of the areas and started fishing for halibut and decided to go for a little walk that afternoon. So the boys took us and we went out on the skiff and got onto the island and went for a little walk. And what else, what did we all run into on that on that walk? Well, we had, I guess we figured, found ourselves some brush first thing right out the gate. We found yeah. ourselves some nice thickets, got ourselves tangled up in, and then uh, ended up running into our first brownie, I guess, on that run, huh? Yeah. Down the creek, yeah, I'm looking creek. for salmon. Yeah, I think he, he was like us. 150 yards. What was he? A little less, like 120. I think he was only jumped in that. Yeah. yeah. What did you him. think, Mike? Was that your first brown bear? First brown bear. <laughs> very, very exciting. Any thoughts? Did you have to change underwear? Or? Um, <laughs> it might have been a little, little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> Cody yeah. gave me the look like they are <laughs> bear. I'm like, yeah. That's good. He's running away. That's a real one. That's not one of them teddy bears, does it? I tell you, one of the craziest things is seeing deer actually on the beach. I don't know, Brandon, maybe you can speak to why that happens, but we saw a pod of like 50-some deer actually literally on the beach, bedding on the beach. Yeah, yeah, so that's actually, uh, that's not an unusual thing. Uh, They come down to the beach, usually first light, last light, uh, low tide as well. They come down, there's kelp on the beach, and uh, they love munching on that stuff. Kelp high nutrient base, probably good for them. That's it, and they, yeah. don't, they don't have any predators. Most of them have you know, never seen humans, so uh, they just come down to the beach, and that's usual for them. You see them swimming across bodies of water before, Yeah. bedded on the beach, all types of crazy places. That's crazy. A different kind of deer. Yeah, definitely not anything we're used to seeing deer swimming out in the ocean. We usually don't see much of that, <laughs> or at least in salt water. Yeah, so then we got to enjoy some home cooking the first night. It was pretty impressive. Normally you make meatball subs first night. Yeah, yeah, so usually we do meatball subs, and uh, guys did decent on the uh, halibut catch, so we decided we'd bake up some halibut and did that. We uh, we have enough meal, you know, if we uh, know where to catch game or, uh, or shoot game, catch fish throughout the week. But uh, we usually like to substitute those meals with, you know, backstrap, tenderloins, halibut, rockfish, ling cod. Sure. Uh, got to do a little crab in there. So, uh, yeah, we definitely like to eat. Uh, Kodiak will provide. So. Yeah. That that halibut that, the about first that night. chowder, though. That's still kind of stuck in my head a little bit. Though. Oh, the chowder is good. It's yeah. coming up. Yeah. Don't spoil it. <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> we'll who, may, who read the chowder, though? <laughs> Big B read the shower. Oh yeah, the boss man. Yo, just a just a worker B over here. He's just the cook, right? Just the cook. cook. Yeah. So uh, so we spent the night on the boat. And we've slept in the boat, all, of course, all nights. But that was a little bit of a, a bumpy night, but wasn't too bad. But um, that next morning, we motored down to kind of the west end of the island um, on an undisclosed location in Alaska. We'll say for the podcast, but. Um, got into an area where um, you guys all did pretty well and actually everyone for the most part did pretty well uh, on that stretch of the strip of the island unfortunate part was we couldn't stay there long because of the weather but we got to experience um, some coastal some coastal blacktail country that's pretty phenomenal landscape to to hunt in and uh, I don't know you guys can probably talk a little bit about kind of what you saw through your eyes when we got onto the beach and, and got into that area but yeah, so um, I got to say thanks to you, Luke, for uh, you know, le- you know, kind of putting your brother out there on that on that first super super nice deer, and uh, then I got an opportunity, and obviously Cody, it's just some nice deer. Um, you know, you put us first, and uh, that was super super cool. 
just uh, couldn't be more appreciative. Oh yeah, well for sure. That uh, of course when we glassed up that four by four first thing in the morning, it was pretty obvious that that deer, you know, had to eat either some lead or a rage hypodermic, or something. That was a really nice block. But uh, before all that, we ended up seeing something else, didn't we? As we were walking through. Another brown second, yep. second brown bear. Yeah, second brown bear. I think he probably winded us, popped up over the ridge, and, and kind of had a side, a pretty good-sized brown bear. And it was a good-sized bear. Yeah. He ended up coming back, though. Came back and sniffed you. Yeah. gut piles. Now you're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> oh, no, he did come back. But before he came back, maybe, Mike, you can just talk a little bit about, you know, we, we got you set up, and... We had Harley set up to shoot, but yeah, yeah. the 3x3 so, three kind of sidelined himself. They, you know, we, we had that 4x4 that four four in our sights and wanted to get Harley a little bit closer. So we split up and, uh, you know, got you guys got to better uh, close the distance and the buck bedded down. Sure enough, you know, in the thick stuff, you guys couldn't see him. So Cody and I decided to go over there and kind of let you know what was going on. And we sat there for a while. Um, and Buck stood up. We thought it was the 4x4 four four at first. Um, found out it wasn't, and it was a good 3x3, three three and talked to Harley about it. said, if you don't want it, I'll take them, and sure enough, uh, I dropped them right there, and uh, we wait. You didn't just drop them, Mike. <laughs> he laid the hammer down. Yeah, buddy. That yeah. 308 just walloped that deer. Yeah. Done. Yeah. What was interesting was, as you shot, and none of the deer moved. No. Like, I mean, I guess where we're from, when a gunshot goes off, it's it's like madhouse, you know? Yeah. These deer kind of look around, see that one flopping around. That 4x4, four four, finally, a minute later, hops up, looks around like, hey, what was that? What's the deal? Yep. Yeah, it was a good thing I was ready. We were just sitting there. Couldn't believe he popped up. We just sat there broadside. Like, it's perfect. Someone needs to shoot. <laughs> yeah, well, the interesting was, thing was is we had glassed him up, and we would got Harley in, in under 200 yards of that deer. And from the time I spotted him to the time I went up like another 10 yards to get a little closer to put my pack down for him to shoot, he's just gone. He vanished. And I kept looking, glass in the brush, couldn't find him. Looking in the alders, couldn't find him. And sure enough, he bedded down. And that's when you guys came over and let us know that he had bedded. And I figured he'd bedded because I didn't see him blow out of there. But uh, once he stood up, Harley got the uh, old 6.5 on him and gave him a ride too. Yeah, I'd say the 300 Weatherby, one bullet took. Yeah. Knocked it home, which was great. I mean, thank Mike too as well for allowing me to kill that. I want to say one thing. I mean, even from guys on the boat to us four, uh, it's been a team effort, 100%. Oh, yeah. It's been so much fun. Just. We're all pushing for each other, and, and I know that, uh, you know, we slayed the deer on the first day, and it's we've still hunted the last three days. To I'm getting ahead of myself here, but um, it's just been total team effort. It's been oh, yeah. a lot of fun and much appreciative. Didn't know Mike from anything, and you know, I consider him a friend, so it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, we hammered two deer right there, and then there was still that 3x3 three three bedded that we glassed up even. First thing that. before those other deer. Yep. So Cody got a little hair going and made his little stock. So I put a little bow stock on him and it didn't go so bad. No, it didn't go so bad. I was able to kind of work in on him, got to about 30 yards on him, but didn't have any kind of a shot, just head and trying to get ranges on him and trying to look for lanes. And he ends up, I don't know if it was, if he just saw the other deer that had moved out or what he was doing, but. When he decided to walk up around that hill or kind of whatever, I had to readjust and well, he, able, able to get a quick range on him. And he'd been laying in that brush, right? Oh, right yeah. At the bottom of that brush. Yeah, wow. he'd been there for a while. And two gunshots went off, and he still didn't even move. We yeah. still had time. You you left and scooted around. He was like, he's still there. Those other, but that other buck had moved out behind him because I had to stop and let that buck walk over the hill, the one that was up above him. Yeah, yeah. And then those other deer started moving. I think that was when he started to set, yep. decide to go. But, uh, yeah, they were able to get a range on him. And that get, was get a definitely shot impressive stock and, uh, you know, the persistence. You went after him. That was, that was pretty cool. It worked out. I was excited. That's what I came to Kodiak for. It was, it was a 
beautiful, good-looking representation of a blacktail. And yeah. All I could want, so. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, we'd know we'd had two bucks down. Cody had smacked one, so we took care of those deer, and we packed uh, packed two deer off the mountain that morning and uh, came back to shore. And uh, actually, I think uh, Brandon or Johnny might have a little bit of story for us. Um, it might be a little bit of humility what happened, but uh, when, uh, when you went to take Johnny for a little walk, Oh, yeah, yeah. So we were going to skiff in on the beach there, and uh, little lo and behold, the uh, skiff stalled out when I went to go put the bow into the waves, and a uh, good little wave came and uh, flipped that baby upside down, so a uh, little, <laughs> little arm strength into it, got her flipped back up, and uh, rode back to the boat there. You were pinned underneath the skiff, weren't you? Oh, briefly, yeah. It's cold uh, water. Cold water, yeah. Good practice to... Uh, jump in every week so i make it a fact to do that once or twice a week get in the uh boxers and go jump off the swim deck there and uh, you don't want your first time hitting the water to be when it counts so uh. oh yeah well yeah. that was after you took cody and luke back to shore because they were headed back up That's mike right. and i stood on the boat exhausted from bringing those deer down but yeah peek around the corner and i'm like Johnny didn't get dropped off. Oh, what the hell's going on? Oh, my God. He's got an oar out. That's never a good sign. Yeah, the beach, uh, it, it can be nice one moment and absolutely nasty the next. You know, we have the second biggest tides in the world in Nova Scotia, uh, where I fish out of the summer. We get, you know, 26-foot uh, vertical feet of water moving in and out in a six-hour period. So uh, you time it, you know, the beach might be nice, and 30 minutes later when that outgoing tide starts and it's bucking the wind, uh, waves pick up quick and yeah that's uh that's quite common well there's no doubt i mean coming in it's always kind of a wild card when you get off the boat kind of timing the timing the tide getting off making sure you can get off safely so you don't end up catching water that's just always something you got to be mindful of when you're getting on and off those skiffs so part of the technique of the whole every every trip out to the to the mainland i mean yeah first first day i think we time in your exits time in the exits i didn't yeah you got water up to well, my shoes it kind of changes on each beach too if it's rock or you know sand yeah, if you're, sand. you're jumping onto something or you're yeah, just trying to get up the beach or, yep but. yeah so then cody and i went back on back on that same general area and continued to hunt and uh, we were able to get back on on that deer that uh, you'd stocked and were able to find him and uh, you're able to get him arrowed and done so that was cool yeah we glassed him up worked out good we also glassed up a ton of other deer and then uh, I was sitting on top of that saddle ridge as you were working on your buck I was sitting there watching the brown bear that come back we saw that morning feed on the two carcasses that, that Mike and Harley left so it was pretty impressive watching him probably close, I'd say, a mile and a half in about five minutes as his nose is in the air, and there was a crow leading him right to one of the uh, the gut piles. But it's just incredible watching those bears move through that landscape and how fast they can move. It's, it's, it's incredible. Dominate. It's incredible an animal that big can move so fast. So, yeah, we had a good stay there. That was uh, definitely, that was like being spoiled where we got to hunt the first, well, I guess the second day. But yeah, one of the things that stuck in my mind that I was surprised I wasn't expecting, I did a little bit of research, and, like, uh, what I saw, what I found was they said that, that those deer are about 150 pounds or something like that. And, uh, I mean, some of these deer were 300 pounds. I mean, that was incredible. Just huge, huge body deer. Yeah. I didn't, I had no idea. Huge layers of fat. Yeah. I mean, most of the... Most of the sick of blacktails I've seen have been big, like the the, the more mature bucks. They're big size bodies, you know, it's just big throw match. Yeah, incredible amount of fat. Yeah, I'd say that was a Disneyland trip, but then I think we headed to the uh, county fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think we went to where most people actually probably hunt and experienced actual true blacktail country and alders and waist to chest to head high brush and stuff that you just got to break it for like four hours so you can actually get to actually start hunting never really experienced anything like that before it was um 
a little bit irritating at first and you realize well I guess to actually get to the deer this is what you got to do to get up there Brandon maybe being a local you you can shed a little light on you know kind of the tactic it takes to do some of that type of hunting oh yeah well for sure on the island there's rose bush and uh, uh, devil's club and uh, you know you come in October and the vegetation is definitely thicker you know you get a couple snows and deer start getting pushed down and vegetation vegetation starts falling so uh, pretty much you know like you said where we started out at the beginning of the week it's coastal and uh, that's that's Shelikoff Strait that borders that so uh, it's nothing to get 40 50 knot winds and 30 40 foot seas out there so those constant storms rolling through definitely flatten down the uh, the terrain and uh, just get beaten down and uh you know you get into the the more nooks and crannies of the island and uh definitely uh, you can start running into the uh, devil's club that's got rose spines rose thorns all the way up it and uh, definitely a good set of leather gloves is needed for for hunting this island yeah yeah absolutely yeah so then we got to experience some of that country and uh just spent like i said it was i think the the day trip that we took up took us what four four and a half hours to get up just to where we could actually get to a point where we actually could start hunting yeah um that was on monday and uh yeah and then from there it was like we had we had hunted most of that day and i think we saw more brown bears than we saw deer that day i saw right. three times as many brown bears as deer yeah. so seven, seven, bears. seven bears right yeah seven bears two deer a lot of beautiful country up there it's oh it's incredible up there just the the green and the just all the little bumps and rolly hills and areas that are you know very conducive to hunting just for whatever reason we just didn't see a lot of deer up there and it was the perfect landscape for it but not sure what the deal was um other than well we saw a doe and a fawn so it was a pretty it was a pretty slow day but um, we did go throw some crab pots that night which was kind of fun and uh we did all right we got enough crab for a couple meals we're able to have the famous uh, crab benedict for the morning breakfast the following day, which is one of Brandon's uh, signature um, signature breakfasts that he makes. Uh, oh, that was the first time we dished that one out for you guys. Usually me and Johnny keep that one for uh, after you guys get off the boat, do a little hunting. You know, we break out the crab we pocketed the night before and <laughs> cook us up a little breakfast. <laughs> oh, that was excellent. What did we catch? 14, 15 crabs. 18. 18 yeah, crabs. Dun- Dungeness. Yeah, Dungeness crabs. We threw out a couple pots and uh, and uh, grabbed some crabs. So that was cool. You know, and How about that uh, algae going on, that luminescent algae? That was something else to see, wasn't it? That was a it? trip. Yeah, yeah so we uh, pretty unique. got all the boys there on the back deck and had Johnny uh, killed, uh, kill the... Uh, lights back there and at night there's a uh, algae in the water and when it's irritated either by the uh, uh, skiff, uh, skiff motor or the uh, just happened to be the uh, twin Cummins motors off the Delta uh, boat uh, 42 foot boat we're on killed all the lights on the back deck and uh, Johnny was motoring along there and yeah as you go it's pretty neat it's the water glows green and blue and uh, you can't capture it on uh, film or video it's something you just have to enjoy take it in but pretty pretty neat which is kind of another cool thing about being out here is you know there's not a lick of cell service anywhere I mean you can't really talk to anybody you can't call anybody you can't check out what's going on in the news there's obviously some some op, you know some um, emergency type um, communications that can be had but um, generally when you're out here you're out here all by yourself and you know you're not touching base with work you're not thinking about what's going on at home you're here enjoying yourself and I think that's part of the what makes this experience what it is you know because we're not plugged into to the rest of the world um, all that stuff will happen and we'll come back and the world will still be the world and and things won't change so which which definitely makes this pretty cool so yeah so i mean we've got well we've got some halibut we've got crabs by now we've got a few deer down you guys all had bucks down um, austin's group they were um, getting through and i think they got most everybody a buck and i was still out there um, just trying to find something to sling an arrow at and uh, we spent the last few days um, hiking the top of ridges getting above alpine and just not seeing a lot of deer and um, it was just I mean 
it was just getting to the point where, you know, thinking like, you know, like I say, we'd come from an area that just had, you know, high densities of deer, lots of pockets of bucks, and uh, to areas that there was clearly deer in there, just we were just not turning them up or we weren't seeing them um, like we were, you know, the first few days that we had hunted. But, uh, um, Mike, you were able to get out and get your harlequin? Yeah, so before that, um, Johnny, the captain here, he spotted a red fox, beautiful red fox on the beach. Um, I think that was like the day before. Yeah, um, I think it in was. In the morning, and I was able to put a stock on him and got a beautiful red fox, so I was real stoked about that. Um, then Johnny put me on some ducks the next day. That was uh, that was amazing. I got a, a nice drake and a hen. I'm going to get those you know, mounted, beautiful, beautiful ducks, just gorgeous ducks. Yeah. Color on them was beautiful this time of year right now. It's great. So. And this this is the only area you can hunt. The, is this the only area the Harlequin ducks you'll find them, Brandon? Or um, I've found them uh, multiple places from Kodiak okay. City over here to Larson Bay. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they're... Uh, some places are thicker than others, but definitely, uh, I haven't been uh, too much to the east side of the island, uh, but definitely from Kodiak City around Ozinki and all those areas, there's plenty of Harlequin uh, and Old Squaw, Golden Eye, all those type of sea ducks and get into puddle ducks once in a blue moon as well. Pretty neat ducks, if you're a duck hunter. Not a big duck hunter. Got a stamp, but didn't do any duck hunting, but... Never fox up there are pretty unique too. Not just your yeah. usual fox. Quite yeah, we had that silver tip. Yeah, the first day and since cross foxes, some silver tips, and reds, yeah. and everything in between. Pretty, pretty unique. Yeah, country. for the for the trapper and you, you gotta love seeing yeah. red foxes like that. You just don't see color phases like that when you're down in the states. You fox like that's one in five thousand kind of fox. So when you start seeing color phases like that, it's, it gets me excited. But it's all, it's all good. Yeah, you launched a few arrows. We only launched a few arrows at a few foxes this trip. Yeah, we sure did. We saw a lot of foxes, a lot of them on the beach, typically where we saw them hanging out, trying to call them, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, so what else? What else have we done since then and now? Caught some halibut. Harley's been pulling some halibut off the bottom of the ocean. Haven't had a chance to do that yet, but what's the biggest fish we've caught? Uh, what were those ones? Forty. Yeah, I'd say forty, 40 to forty to fifty-five pounds. Oh, did we ever get a wait? We're trying to get that scale going. Well, yeah, we did it by the by the length of the fish. Supposedly, one would have been forty-six and one would have been uh, fifty-something pounds. Oh, that's yeah, okay. Based on so. the length. Okay. Yeah, the other boat the first night, man. They. Uh, they sure hammered the, the halibut. They did. We got a few 60-pounders, I think. And yeah, real nice fish. Yeah. We decided to, to hunt that day, but, you know, we still got a few halibut on the boat. Had some nice halibut steaks, a couple meals. Some big cod. Had Big B roll some of that up, roll some bacon around it, throw it on the grill. So, yeah. Good food. Brandon, maybe talk a little bit about just uh, Nanilla Chick Charters and kind of what you guys offer, kind of the, the time of the year that you guys, you know, run your operation. And, yeah, and yeah. So I don't by any means deal with the booking, but this is going on my third year working for them and uh, uh, plenty of work to be had. They, we do we transport for Kodiak, uh, just to make that clear. So we don't guide uh, for big game. We guide waterfowl, fox, all that stuff. Uh, deer, you know, brown bear, all that. That's all either, you know, resident draw or over-the-counter uh, resident, non-resident. So out of Homer, starting in the uh, middle of April till end of May, uh, we do black bear hunts out of out of Homer. And, you know, weather pending, go out in Kachemak Bay, uh, headed towards Seward. Lots of streams, lots of creeks, lots of black bears around there. Uh, fishing kicks off. Uh, middle of May, beginning of May, uh, for Nanilchik location, which is where I run out of. Uh, do winter king, or you know, uh, end of winter kings into May, and uh, halibut's just starting up, so we'll do that through May, and uh, we run a total of 12 or 14 boats. Uh, we operate out of Homer Deep Creek, also known as Nanilchik. Uh, we operate out of Seward. We operate on the Kenai uh, River and also the Kasiloff River. So a uh, little bit of everything, little transporting, little fishing, halibut, lingcod, salmon, whatever, whatever's biting. 
and then later part of the year you guys do your basically your blacktail charters in yep yep so we start you know uh, typically end of September uh, around the first of October when it goes to uh, any deer uh, and you know usually the first uh, first part of October if we have any goat hunters that's when they'll come out so Johnny and myself the first week we had a couple four residents that came out and they stayed on the mountain for two and a half days and had a little luck with some goats and uh, we stay here pretty much till the middle of December transporting for hunts and uh, clients weather pending obviously fry, fly in on Saturday morning and typically fly out you know Friday morning to Friday afternoon uh, weather pending very cool very cool yeah you guys have uh, definitely taken good care of us and uh, you know fed us well and made sure we got a nice warm place to sleep every night so that's definitely appreciated I know from my perspective I don't always sleep that well on a boat but um, last few nights I'm sure I'll sleep pretty good tonight so so anyway today uh, just to kind of cap off our trip today we uh, we decided to take a little walk we went back to uh, kind of a coastal area that we'd hunted the first day I guess that we went for a went for a little hike and um, first thing right out of the bat we uh, we got into some deer. We saw some deer up on the ridge. We saw some deer pushing up from the beach. And uh, we're just kind of sitting there glassing. And um, I don't know, maybe 30, 45 minutes into our trip. And uh, Cody, you can kind of maybe explain a little bit about uh, kind of what you started hearing. Yeah, it was, I mean, we had kind of been focusing on these deer up on the hill. And um, Lucas had kind of seen a nice buck that he was trying to focus on. And so we were kind of paying a lot of attention as we were moving up, kind of through the alders, trying to look to get a better view of him. And um, while we were doing that, pretty much I just heard off to our left, I could he- I heard something that was pretty quiet, but it kind of sounded like a, it's like a wolf, kind of like a bear does, I guess. But it was pretty quiet, so my head was kind of, wasn't 100% sure of what I heard. But, uh, uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, I heard that, and then I heard some, some stuff breaking, and I'm sure you guys did too about that, and then uh, realized that whatever it was, it wasn't, wasn't going the other way. It was, she was coming right at us, so uh, about then was kind of when I started realizing that we, we had ourselves a bear problem coming real fast, and uh, so, yeah, I think at that point, I pretty much just said, guys, I think there's a bear coming, and uh, Lucas and Mike both just were, like, spot on, just got the pieces out everybody got set up i stepped back to the way and uh barry was the wind problem wind was coming kind of straight at us i think is why he he couldn't smell us and then those alders he didn't he could i'm sure he could hear us so that was what got him going but um yeah it got real 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 fast that bear got in real close real quick and uh he was probably at like the 10 yard mark somewhere in there and I think he was, yeah, I think everybody was getting ready to just unleash hell on him. And uh, I started yelling at him, and we all started yelling. And, and uh, at that point, he kind of popped his head up and figured out what was going on. And it was kind of one of those moments where I think one more step and a lot of lads going down and a lot of, just a lot of shit was going to go down. But, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, going to be good for yeah. him. Hopefully him, not but, us. But, yeah, I was... It, it was pretty touch and go there for a second, huh, Mike? Oh yeah, I mean the those those alders or whatever they are. I mean they were just moving. Uh, I mean it was coming straight at me from my perspective where I was. The bushes were just moving, and uh, I I literally one more second uh, and it would have broken the plane where I had maybe five yards of clarity in front of me, and and that was was the line where it would have been done but, you'd already um, drawn your line yeah that was the line and fortunately like i said cody said he 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 hollered at it we all kind of started hollering and and uh i saw it head turn and swing we saw the, the brush and stuff breaking in the opposite direction so that was a huge relief but uh very exciting adrenaline rush there. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really gets your heart going first thing in the morning. Gets, gets your blood pump a little bit. Did you guys, when you were thinking about this trip, have any concerns with bears or think about, I mean, that's what everyone dreams about is coming to hunt a brown bear on Kodiak, right? I mean, that's that's kind of a bucket list item for a lot of people. But um, did you at all think about it or was well, it in the back uh, of your mind? I, like, I told a few people, um, I, before I left, I told a few people, kind of half kidding and half serious, I was like, you know, 
if I don't come back, maybe I got mauled by a bear or something, you know, because it's definitely a possibility out there. You, you know, you, you, it's it's can definitely happen. Sure. So. I mean, yeah. Cody, you've hunted brown bear before. I yeah, mean, and I think honestly that's the only thing that helped. I don't know for me. I've been I've seen been around a few bears and seen a few bears to the point where I'm, I mean I have a good respect for them, but um, I've never had any sort of yeah, I guess troubles. I've had close encounters like that and different things, but where you know it just seems like if you're smart about things for the most part that seems to work out but it does add another element when you're um you got these deer down and these bears just seem to be on them like it's like they're smelling a ice cream cone or something they just they catch a whiff of that stuff yeah. and they uh, yeah it's just incredible to see these bears come at the rate that they do and um and yeah a person just needs to really have their head on a swivel up here i guess if you are going to be going to be doing this yeah it's a real thing i mean yeah, it's definitely uh, uh, not uh, out there is not a good place to be doing it by yourself. And I came to do it out here by myself, and that uh, was a big eye opener for me. And I couldn't be more tickled to death to be with these group of guys here that that, that I'm doing it with. So, um, yeah. I was hoping to run up on Winnie the Pooh there. With <laughs> <laughs> his hand in a honey pot. Yeah, that wasn't gonna happen. Now, when you think about the apex predator on this island, it's definitely the brown bear. And, you know, we hunt in areas that have bears and wolves, but I don't know, it just felt different being here, you know, just knowing that the density of bears and, and just kind of knowing that, uh, you know, you're not the top of the food chain out there, you know, and that the bears, the brown bears here definitely are. But, um, I don't know, Brandon, you guys probably hear a lot of different stories from hunters. You know, you've been here three years. You probably hear all kinds of stuff. People come back. You think about the miles people walk and the things they see. I bet you guys hear all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah, we could tell stories for days. We've definitely had a handful of guys uh, have to shoot them, and, you know, as what we refer to as DLP, Defense of Life and Property. Uh, sometimes the gunshots like the dinner bell to them. So guys, you know, worst thing they say you can do, and they line you out even at the airport in Kodiak City before you fly out here is, you know, never drag out a deer. Um, just giving that bear a solid line straight to you. Uh, and, yeah, definitely nothing to mess with. No. No, it's uh, something I definitely have different respect for now after being here. And um, it would definitely be cool one day to actually be able to hunt one of those creatures. But um, it's just different when you're not only hunting, but you're also potentially being the hunted as well. It just kind of makes it feel a little different when you're out there. So, yeah, so we had that little encounter this morning. It just kind of got all of us on high alert, if you will. Um, I think it took me about 30 minutes to get my heart rate to come down after that had happened because I, I wasn't expecting on having to draw, you know, and actually be ready and locked and loaded. And I looked over at Mike because I'm left-handed, so I was like this looking over at Mike, and he was right-handed, and uh, we were both ready to pretty much go if it, if it was going to hit the fan, but fortunately it didn't It didn't happen. So um, he ran off, and I think we all checked ourselves real quick, checked each other to make sure we were all okay, and uh, just kind of continued um, just kind of marching up. Um, kind of worked the face of that mountain and saw push deer as we were going up and um, I was actually behind both you guys walking up and um, you guys had pushed out uh, just a small uh, little two-point forkhorn and um, so he was a buck and he was legal and I hadn't killed anything yet so um, I was able to actually work my way in a couple different times. I got into about 80 yards, uh, and then he kept moving out and uh, kind of got over just a little bit of a slight bluff that I could close the distance on and got into about 65 yards, and he didn't even know I was there. And um, he had was pushing a couple does and was able to sink an arrow in at 65 yards, and uh, he ran about, what, maybe 30, 40 yards nah, straight down here and piled up from. and had good blood, found the arrow. And, uh, so that was cool. That was cool to, to put a, to put a, uh, a tag on a, on a sick of blacktail, um, with the, uh, with the bow. I was pretty pleased to do that. And, uh, so we got him cleaned up and worked out and, uh, we were kind of skeptical on what we wanted to do because we wanted to continue hunting. We had a few more tags um, to fill, um, but we were concerned about leaving, you know, the deer. We boned the deer out, but leaving them on the mountain like we did. But, um, you know, we were we were pretty safe with what we did. We wrapped it up. We kind of buried it a little bit, marked it, and uh, didn't have any problems. Um, 
you know, considering we left the uh, the carcass, um, what was left of the carcass, probably what 150, 200 yards away from the actual meat uh, where we stashed it. So, um, yeah, we kind of continued on hunting, getting up, you know, above Alpine, and and uh, actually proved to be pretty good. We actually saw quite a bit of deer up there. Yeah, we did. I mean, right off, we as soon as we got up there, we started seeing the deer, multiple bucks up there. Just trying to decide, come up with a game plan. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty much everywhere we glassed on both sides of that that uh, that upper clearing. I mean, there was deer on both sides, on the face and also on the backside. And that, uh, I guess Austin would ca- call it Christmas tree landscape, but it's kind of that just green, really soft green. Um, berries. You know, yeah, yeah, there's berries in there, and the bears and the deer just love those berries feeding in there. And, um, yeah, we ended up glassing up quite a few bucks cody we what we jumped that three by three that two by two and that doe yeah. had jumped out and things were being a little skittish i mean for as many years we were seeing they weren't they definitely were i mean even three four hundred yards out they were pegging on us i mean they were, yeah yeah it wasn't just a it wasn't close the distance be aggressive walk right into them i mean they were they were on the move a lot of times yeah <clears throat> And we had the weather changing some. You know, the wind was howling pretty good. Yeah. Starting to rain a little bit. Yeah, as we got to the top, the wind was the wind was blowing, which I think would appear to be, what, 20, 25 miles an hour at least. At, at least, for, at least, yeah. From our standpoint. So what would that be? How many knots would that be, Brandon, 20, 25 miles an hour? Well, it's right around 25, 26 knots. Okay. Yeah, so fairly consistent there and uh anyway so we glassed up a nice two by three and uh, he was pushing some does um just up on the hill and um we kind of were talking about it you know who's going to shoot who wants to shoot you know i was looking at mike saying you know mike here's your opportunity and he looked at me and said hey you should kill that buck and um so um so we did yep yeah we uh we got his uh we got his cannon set up and it was an interesting shot because the, the the deer was actually at the top of the ridge itself, and we were at the bottom. So it was a very steep angled shot, which is a logistically tough because you have to be able to prone out and try to shoot like that. But b also um, the compensation for the angle and obviously the wind that we had, um, which you figured pegged to be what 25, 30 miles an hour is yep. what you yep. you kind of charted. Yep. Um, so Mike's got one of those fancy rifles that's got all the dials and clickers and turrets and yeah, no red dots on the reticle and had some practice on it and knew just what to do with the wind and yeah. dialed it right in and yeah here you go make the shot dialed it right in um, I sunk that rifle in and had it had the stock sitting right in the back of my shoulder and I I could see him in the scope. It was raining, so the scope was kind of getting, um, kind of visibility was a little tough. But um, it was a, about a through what 398, 400 yard shot is about what we what we ranged him at. And uh, yeah, just uh, told you guys I'm going to send one, so I did, and uh, just smacked him. Um, I couldn't see it through the scope what happened, but I know you guys were watching and saw the clean shot. And I think within what five seconds he was on his back rolling yeah legs were in the air so that was pretty cool to to hammer down on two bucks in one day i wasn't expecting that whatsoever but was definitely happy with with that outcome and we got up we hiked to the top and mike and i found him cody went and pushed a couple more deer was looking for another deer and uh yeah it was just a pretty surreal experience to be basically on the top of the world in my opinion looking down see the ocean on three sides and uh yeah sitting there with another buck it was pretty cool well pretty good pretty good capper for a amazing week really yeah and, i mean and what and what a day too just that day in general just going from having that bear right on us to being able to put two deer on the ground and be up on that mountain with something else today but yeah it was, it was incredible yeah, it's quite fitting. A little cherry on the top for Luke. Yeah, no, it was good. It's good. I wasn't, I wasn't counting my eggs before they hatched, but I was getting a little concerned that I was going to leave here this without any meat in the box, and now I'm going to figure out if I can get it all in one box. Hopefully, <laughs> I might need two boxes. I mean, you got the but, most deer now, anybody. But yeah, so yeah, so we drug, uh, well, we drag five five deer off the mountain. 
this last week. Yep, yep. And uh, just had a beautiful rainbow on the way down. Gorgeous, gorgeous rainbow. Yeah. Saw some bald eagles. Yeah. I mean, a lot of diversity of wildlife out here. Yeah. And just, I mean, talk about diversity in the weather, too. I mean, one minute the sun's shining and it's beautiful and blue sky, and the next minute you get a cloud blow in and you're just pouring rain and you're throwing your, you know, your rain gear on. All over uh, the place. Then you're going up, when you head up the mountain, you take your rain gear off because you get hot. And then, it, you know, it's just, it's incredible how the weather changes on this island. Yeah, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Something different. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, from your standpoint, Brandon, I mean, you guys live and die by forecast weather or what it's doing every 30 minutes, every hour, and looking at the forecast because it's so important for you guys to understand the conditions so you can get your hunters or your anglers in the right positions. Oh, for sure, yeah. Marine forecast and aviation forecast is the best thing to go off of, and uh, it's just like your Channel 4 weatherman. You know, they're not always right, but uh, the hope is that most of the time they are. So, you know, we look at the direction of the wind and how strong it is, and we base the day and the night off of that and try to head the best... uh, hide the best we can especially uh transport now here in kodiak because you know we're on the boat seven days a week so sure. making sure you're in the right cove the right you know uh bay is uh crucial for a good night's sleep sure yeah just throttled down oh yeah must be uh getting close to larson bay here larson bay it is so boys um we i guess it. we can kind of we can kind of conclude or do our little concluders, but um, what an awesome week, huh? I just, there was a couple times where I just sat and even in the rain, just sit there and just look where you're at, you know, and it's just a every direction. It's amazing. pretty incredible place. And there wasn't a place even for the areas that we hiked up that were kind of a pain, you know, which, you know, at the end of the day, hunting's never easy, right? If they called it killing, it wouldn't be any fun, but, um, it was always just seemed like when you got to the point where you wanted to be, just how, you know, beautiful every direction when you looked, just just incredible, incredible landscape here. What a crazy place that you can, one moment you can be having a bear run you down and the next minute you're glassing a blacktail and the next minute you're glass over and there's a pot of killer whales ripping through the bay and you're like, I was just glassing deer two seconds ago and now I'm glassing killer whales. Like, that's not something you see on a lot of hunts or, no. or have a chance to. It's really, really unique. Yeah, definitely stuff we wouldn't see in the States. Literally going from sea level up to 2,000 feet hunting deer, that's not that's not really normal for most areas in the Rockies anyway, hunting-wise. But, Mike, what about you? What uh, I guess what do you leave with or what do you take away from a, a trip like this? Um, you know, just the natural beauty, reminding yourself to slow down, soak it up, you know, every day back in the lower 48 you know just work go 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 and uh you know we pushed hard here trying to get deer but we we would sit down for a while glass things just soak up you know god's beautiful earth what he made what he created it's just uh exceptionally beautiful it's just uh i'll remember it all yeah got a lot of pictures yeah the memory what kind of blueprints in our mind is the things that we won't forget. Definitely an incredible place. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, Mike, it's hit on the head. It's just, when you're up here, you can't, I mean, think about anything else but just looking around and realizing this is just like God's backyard. It's just so amazingly vast and so just everything about it is incredible. Perfect. It's just, just perfect. It really is perfect. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, just to leave here is just going to be with some amazing thoughts and memories and just, uh, like, always realizing that, you know, like you say, pushing hard always pays off in the end, no matter what you get or don't. But um, also those times, remembering to sit down and just just soak it in. It's beautiful out there. It's just incredible. to And, uh, yeah, what a week. Yeah, oh. sometimes you just got to sit and smell the roses, you know, because it's, you do, you talk about, getting back and going back to work and the the hustle and bustle of everything but then you think about like where was i a week ago oh, i was sitting on the top of a mountain in kodiak alaska and you know probably maybe less than a half a percent of the world's population will ever be in that location in their lifetime you know it's just that to me is the the 
serene part about it is most people will never a physically be able to or b ever come to this island to see some of the vastness of this island which is i think everyone should have that opportunity to do that but you know it's just not ever on everybody's uh on, on their list to do so what about you big buck killer he wins the big buck competition yeah got the boys here pumping them all day today about it felt spoiled well his journey started a year ago luke you told me about it yeah of course i hemmed and hawed can you afford it can you not man i walk away here with just amazing amount of memories and something i get to share with my brother and Cody, long, long time friend, and Mike. I hope we get to hunt again someday soon. Um, from the fishing to the hunting to the being catered here on the boat, Brandon and Johnny did a wonderful job. I spent a couple of days fishing while the boys were hunting, you know, trying to do my part to bring home some fish so everyone could take some home and um, just inspired. This is definitely out of my comfort zone it's probably out of a lot of our comfort zones coming to Cody Heck Alaska I don't <laughs> think many people you don't know what to expect I came with no expectation and I I walk away with just uh, in awe of everything that's here and just the beauty and the nature and uh, yeah we all we're all able to be successful we all walk away with uh, some deer and fish in our hands and and uh, I don't know when the next time we're going to do it again, but you know, sign me up. This is uh, this was pretty rad. So yeah, I think you learn to have a different level of respect too for these mountains, and you know, because I mean, I've hunted all over the world. I've hunted in New Zealand, hunted all over the Rockies, and uh, it's uh, it's like it, but it's not. You know, it's just it's. No. A, I mean, Cody, you've been you've hunted a lot. Of, across the world too and it's the numbers don't you couldn't even throw numbers around the same way because people might you know the way you throw around a thousand feet elevation back home is oh yeah we do that an hour right yeah, I mean, you can a, pop up that no, 30 yeah, minutes to an a hour little push over you know and here a thousand feet will it will just about break you it yeah will, it's a different kind of yeah we were doing about 500 foot an hour and that thick stuff that one day yeah it's humbling. I mean, it's it's just it's it's crazy that you could have vegetation that grows like that that's so thick and so high, and it's like you take one step forward, you take three steps back the whole time. But I'm always amazed when you can be fighting through something that's just so miserable, and then you end up going through like three other different layers, and by the time you're into those layers, they're so much even more miserable. You're thinking about the first one you're in you're like man i wish i could go back to that and you're actually wishing for the stuff that was just terrible because it's so much less terrible than the stuff that you're in yeah it's pretty yeah amazing well i think for me um obviously this trip has been you know awesome to share it with everyone on the boat and obviously meeting new friends coming kind of as clients leaving as friends that's kind of what's cool about these trips is is you make you meet you know you meet people and you, and you make friends and um but i think for me a lot of it was you know being able to have this opportunity with my brother to come and, and do a trip like this um which means a lot to me because this is the kind of stuff i like to do um and it's fun to share that with him uh, but also just kind of reconnecting with you, Cody. I mean, yeah, we've been friends. Our families have been friends since we were in diapers, yeah. you know, and uh, we've been through a lot together. Floods, fires, um, what else you name it? Everything. Multiple fires, homes burning down, shops burning down, sleeping in your guys' house when our house was, you know, flooded out. And uh, just a lot of memories we've shared over the years. And it's cool that it's like you and I never even missed a beat, you yeah. know. Just coming full circle again. Yeah, coming back and hunting Kodiak Island. and Life got busy for a while there and got a little separated. But, no, it's just like back to old times. Yeah. We've already got a trip planned next year. Many more to come. Go moose hunting back here in Alaska next year. So uh, keep excited. checking the box. And uh, 
yeah, hopefully one day we all can get back to Kodiak and, and do this again. It would be a, be a privilege and an honor to do that, I know, to do it with you guys again. So Great little reunion trip. Yeah. Brandon, sure. any comments about us? Any thoughts? I mean, you can lay it out on the line here if you want, man. It's yeah, all good. Good work this week, guys. You guys, you know, we get some people, if it's raining, they don't get off the boat after day two, you know, in 2,000 feet, they're sore and they might not have anything and they don't get off the boat. So you guys hit it every single day and, uh, you know, props to you, whether it was it was rain or, or sunny, uh, you guys got out there and, and, and got her done. So uh, not everyone can say that, you know, everyone comes out here and uh, has their own expectations and uh, you know what they want to accomplish on this trip and you guys went out there and put in the effort and uh, pulled some beautiful animals for sure beautiful bucks yeah so 26 years old he cooks um, he'd make a great housewife I told you we'd give dating advice on this podcast. Hey, that's so. it. We're not, we, we don't need you to be a millionaire. We just, you know, decent income, stable, you know. <laughs> just the minimal paid. things. That's it. No, I tell you, it was it was a lot of fun breaking bread and sharing time on the boat with you guys. And like I say, thanks for keeping us safe. There were times that, you know, we probably got a little flustered and a little high maintenance, but we knew at the end it was for our own safety and benefit. So we appreciate you guys looking out for us and taking good care of us while we were here. So Yeah, for sure. And you guys are welcome to come out anytime. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We'll probably hey, do it again. Got to give a shout out. Jake Pa turned 13 years old. That's right. 10-10 yesterday. 10-10. Nephew Jake. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk to him, but we'll uh, we'll get a hold of him when we get back on the mainland. So, way to go, Jake. Yeah, so we're uh, we're wrapping up the trip. We're uh, on our way into Larson Bay. We're going to probably uh, dock in there tonight, get a good night's rest, um, get some meat packaged up tonight, frozen, wake up tomorrow, pack, and uh, say our goodbyes and head back to... Uh, Kodiak City, where then we'll even probably split even more from from living together and breathing the same air and sharing the same meals and better get one more breakfast. <laughs> yeah, we got a meal plan for you in the morning. <laughs> Do a little salt water in there. Attaboy. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. This has been a, a great trip and memorable and glad we could take a few minutes to share some of our stories. And um, obviously, this will get put on the platforms and people listen to it and we can listen to it in five years, ten years. And hopefully within the next five years, we'll have another story to tell coming back and doing this again on Kodiak. So oh, yeah. anyway, thanks again, guys. Yep, Appreciate you having here, Mike. Pleasure. It was great meeting you. Likewise. Going all the way back to Florida. I know someone, if I ever get back to Florida, I'll have to come and visit. Anytime. You guys are welcome. Anytime. Yeah, that'd be Do awesome. Do some gator hunting. Get some lobster, fishing, whatever you guys want. Boom. And Brandon, if you ever get down to the States, which I know you do, and I know you've got family in Montana, we were talking the old J.I. Uh, Highline talk earlier, but if you're ever, obviously, in the States, California, Montana, Give us a holler, man. Yeah, for Love sure. Have you. Just definitely keep yeah. that in mind. Come around, and even if it's just swing by and have a beer, if you're in the area, that'd be be great to catch up again. So, you gotta let us know if anybody shoots a four point. <laughs> there he goes. I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know. It's definitely uh, one of the top five bucks I've seen in my three years of doing it. So, and that's excluding you know the the non-typical stag so that uh, a buck like that is rare and you guys all did awesome man a, a three by three or better is the end game when you come here you know after three years of watching people do this uh, a two by you know some guys go home with no deer you know take six guys out and uh, you know it's all about right place right time and uh, making the shot so uh, anyone that can can get a deer is, is absolutely uh, a bonus Brandon, if someone was to want to get a hold of Nanilichik Charters, could you just maybe just give a little plug for the company and kind yeah, of the yeah. best way someone, if they were to want to maybe yeah. book a hunt? Yeah, so uh, com is the website, and uh, you can email fishnanilchik at gmail.com as well. we got Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we monitor all that. She does a fa- Facebook message, Instagram message, and uh, yeah, we, we book out pretty quick for the Kodiak hunt. So, you know, definitely something you want to plan a year or two in advance cool all right gentlemen 
Cody, thanks again, man. Hey, thanks for coming thank, along. Thank you for the invite. And yeah. I wouldn't be on this trip if it wasn't for you inviting me. So, yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll do it again. Yes, sir. It's been real, boys. All right, guys. Yep. Signing off. Signing out of Kodiak. In three, All right. two, one. Leaving Kodiak Island. We going out. This is Lucas Paw, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it will automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or use our website www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors, and Instagram, Rod and Arrow Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, and get involved with conservation efforts. And know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, go farther, stay longer.